And we are back. And we are back in a very, very special way. We have got a studio and we are here, let's say slightly pissed. Slightly pissed in order to stream live. That's not that live because you won't hear it live, but that's not the point. We are here with Tales of Togger. G, you're back from Finland. You've quarantined. Say hello to the people. Hello, people. I just thought social distancing. You can hear us on the mic. We was being two metres apart. Well, the, the microphone that you've got is literally four centimetres away from your face. So the <laughs> fact that you think that there's going to be some sort of central point of all the mics proves that you're a fucking idiot. Tom Strangeway. Welcome. Thank you, mate. It's a great point. Uh, George is a clown. He is back from Finland, which is very nice. We are social distancing in our very old studio, and I'm excited. And I'm just happy to see your faces, guys. It's so rare that we get together and actually see each other for a podcast. No, that is great. However, what I would say right now is you two owe me at least, at least a third of the bill because the price of this is astronomical. Gee, when are you sending me my money? The price of what? Sorry, <laughs> the, the studio. Right the studio. Oh, right the studio. Uh, That's how oblivious he is to other people's finances. <laughs> he honestly does not know that what you're sitting at is literally a cost to us. The so, money will be in soon. That will be in soon. What? Just, just out of curiosity, what deals are you waiting to be finished in order to fund this? Uh, well, my, I imagine my cryptocurrency will go through the roof <laughs> around 2023. <laughs> Excellent. Just two years. You'll be fine for yeah. that, won't you? Cryptocurrency is the latest fan, isn't it? And it's no surprise that you're banging to it. So tell us three statements that confirm why cryptocurrency is the way forward as I sip a margarita. Um, I bought... Three hundred dollars worth of serum today, which I imagine will be worth a thousand. Was that semen? Sorry, what did serum. You the serum. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my dog coin is going through the roof, as you'll imagine. Yeah. And thirdly. And um, I don't have a third one. What? Two guy. <laughs> Two guy apparently. Fantastic. Two guy. Strangely, over to you. Have you got any investments going on? In a word, no. no. Um, I don't understand cryptocurrency. Don't understand what it actually is. How can you sell it when it's a thing that really doesn't exist? I don't get it. I'll leave that in G's very capable hands. Uh, when I say very capable, I mean he doesn't have a fucking clue what he's doing, and neither do we. So a poor man's statement. Yeah, no, excellent. So thanks very much for joining us on this week's Tales of Togger. That's been excellent. Uh, we hope you, <laughs> we are, we are, we've educated you. Started so, strong. So we have started strong, and we're going to start by giving the itinerary. So we, tonight we are going to be talking about Liverpool's demise, which can I just say from a personal point of view is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. If there was one person I thought might be excited about tonight's topic, it might be the host. We're then going to go to the periphery, the periphery of the Champions League places, which means that I get to shoehorn in why James is the greatest, <laughs> greatest player to ever play in the Premier League. Uh, we'll be discussing West Ham, Chelsea, I guess now, uh, Everton, and who was the fourth? What do you mean, who was the fourth? <laughs> Aston Villa, Aston. the mighty Aston Villa. Aston Villa and their credentials for the top four. We are going to also be talking uh, sponsors as ever. And finally, G segment, which I'm reliably informed uh, he's actually prepared for. Fucking brilliant. Yeah. 
<laughs> Excellent. So, uh, if you're wondering, uh, all 35 unique listeners, uh, I'm not so sure they are unique because if you've listened to half of it and then you listen to the rest of it later, you might be the same one and we get double the amount of listeners for Do it. Do we really? Uh, no, we don't. Oh, oh, I'm going to say, I'll stop listening to it like that. If that's the case, <laughs> get numbers up. Um, so we did do one last week but it's fair to say that there has been a little bit of discontent in the Tales of Togger uh, uh, ranks, ranks yeah. company whatever we want to call it and essentially G answered every question with well I don't know mate or well just because it is or uh, Declan Rice yes he did <laughs> I think that was the best episode we've ever done yeah. I honestly do do you honestly think that yeah. yeah and then when we get to his segment he says I've not prepared one so we try our best to cobble through it it was terrible I'll be honest it was a fucking tragedy let's just be honest yeah, about it it was, yeah. it was a nightmare I still would like to listen to it because I want to criticise George even more than I can at this moment in time however it, it, listen, it wasn't good. Let's be honest, George. What, what happened last week, mate? Come on, talk us through it. Uh, I, I didn't want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's resounding, isn't it? That's encouraging for the listeners at home. Yeah, and why, I was leaving Finland a couple of days later. I didn't, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to be there. Is it true, is it true, that you're a Soviet spy working in some of the Middle Eastern countries personally for Putin? No, no, obviously I'd lose my job then. Don't say that. What do you mean you lose your job? <laughs> what do you mean? I'm, I'm speculating what your job is, but are you suggesting that by admitting that you'll lose said job, thus confirming you are a Soviet spy? No, I imagine just the inclination that that's what I'm doing. <laughs> if someone hears that, we'll literally say. No, that's fine. Right. That's the most random thing I could think of off the top of my head. So, uh, apologies there, G. However, maybe you could give us some sort of indication of um, what are the best three marks that you got at GCSE? Well, tell us about the kind of person you really are uh, in terms of your... Uh, I've got a B in PE. you got a B in PE, running. Tim, Tim, so, hold on. Tim McVeigh. Oh, Tim McVeigh, what a geezer. So you got a B in, right, in, in running. Okay, so uh, what else did you get? Um... I got an E in... An E. Uh, to, top three marks. Top three marks. And we've got B to an E. I got told that I would propose B in maths. What, <laughs> what does that, that mean? foundation. And I got an E. Yeah. <laughs> I, let down Mr. I met down Mr. Lynn. I would apologise for that. Okay, and your third best mark. So we've got B, B propose e. B to actually an E. To what? I think I got a D in chemistry. Yeah, right. so the fact that you've not put them in order, I think, speaks volume about where you were at. A D in chemistry, fantastic. What was your favourite, favourite part of the, uh, what's it called that, what's it called, the the table that's got all the... Oh, periodic table. The periodic table. Yeah. What's your, what's what's your, your favourite element? Yeah. Uh, iron. Fantastic, it's a great shout. Is that FE on the periodic table? I think it's IR. Oh, is it? <laughs> I imagine it's IR. I don't think it is, I think it's one of them weird ones that has a completely different, I might be wrong. No, no, no. Listen, no, we've no. all had a drink, what, haven't we? Yeah, what, do you, what do you think about Zodiac? The film? Yeah. I loved it, man. It was a great film. Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, fantastic big fact. Big yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, we're going to move on from our lad Bibles type shite, <laughs> uh, which he's just saying. Is that what lad Bibles do? Yeah. yeah. Discuss Zodiac, the film, yeah, and yeah. Jesus, the same as well. Lad Bible is very much sort of, oh, anything you say as long as you've got a beard and a sleeve tattoo is funny. Yeah, like James Madison. James Madison, yeah. Danny Ings. Yeah. Is that not you? Matt Cash. You know? yeah. You're looking. You've got a sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> you've got a shit beard. I don't know about the sleeve. <laughs> 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 okay, let's get on to Liverpool. So, 
I'm going to start by saying I don't think it's fair, the criticism that Liverpool are getting. Oh, wow, from the Everton fan. From the Everton fan. Are they getting criticism? Uh, a lot of criticism. Hammered, to yeah. be so, the things that I'm hearing are they were never that good. Uh, Thiago is a budget Leon Osman. I, 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 <laughs> I agree with that. I agree with that. I may have made that one up. Um, but, the, you know, it's sort of that revisionism of going back and saying, well, actually, you know, if they didn't have Van Dijk, they wouldn't have been that good or whatever it may be. Um, Strangely, where do you sit on this? What, Liverpool are the champions. Yeah. Have you got any doubts about the trophies that they've won based on their current form, or is it a different season, different challenges and different issues? Yeah, so I kind of fall somewhere... I don't fall in the middle. I fall more towards what you said at the end there, as in different challenges, different seasons, you know, certainly a very unique season in terms of the COVID, the injuries, all that kind of thing they're struggling with. Um, you cannot, You absolutely cannot discredit what they have done in terms of romping to the league by 25 points, whatever it was last year, winning the Champions League the year before under Klopp. Klopp is clearly a master of a coach. Um, I think what I will say is that they are struggling a little bit to maintain those heights that they did, obviously, in the last couple of years. That's evident to everybody. That's not news. But um, they have got a lot of injuries. I mean, they've got three centre-halves out injured. The three first-choice centre-halves. Maybe even four, actually. Van Dijk, Matip, Gomez, any team would struggle with the first three centre-halves out. However, what I would say is, last year we talked about them having arguably, and, and sometimes inarguably, the best front three on the planet. They were just dynamite, weren't they? They were smashing in the goals, they couldn't be stopped. However, the, the, the thing that gets levied at Klopp a lot is this no plan B, this no, he doesn't know what to do when it's not working. And I think it's not working. It's not working as well as it did last year at all. Uh, they're struggling in terms of putting the ball in the back of the net. There's been a couple of um, couple of times recently they've scored. I mean, they scored one against City at the weekend, but before that, a blank at Brighton, a blank at United in the league. They, this team was a very attacking side who were just smashing the goals and would beat you back five two, six two. You know what, all that kind of thing. That potency seems to have gone a little bit, and I don't know what it is that why that has happened. I, I can't understand it, but. They've got a set of challenges. The injuries are really crippling them, clearly. But you would expect a team of Liverpool's calibre and quality and a coach of that magnitude to, you know, he should be putting away a Brighton. He should be putting away... He shouldn't be putting away Man United, per se, because they've obviously shown improvements this year. But these lesser teams who he's drawing backs against Burnley, that kind of thing, West Brom, when he got the draw, he should be burying these teams. And that's something that is a little bit confusing for me. So, lots of points there. G, to come to you now... Let's talk about that front three. Everyone points towards the uh, issues that they've had at the back and the sort of issues that's caused in midfield by Henderson and Fabinho then becoming part of the defence and whether that um, inhibits their ability to lock in attacks, maintain attacks with that brilliant midfield three of Wijnaldum, Henderson and Fabinho. However, at the same time, the question I have for you is should that front three be doing better regardless? No. Not for me, because the way I see it is... Um, I, I saw this mentioned the other day. So, if you move Fabinho Henderson into back, back two, say back four, sorry, uh, it's a different thing, because what they do, that, like, their strength 
um, Salah, Mane, Firmino. Midfield get the ball, the midfield do not pass between each other, do they? They get the ball forward quick, and then it's there for the front three to make the difference, to, to do what they're doing. Now, like I say, if they're in the back, you've got Thiago in the middle, Thiago likes to knock a little two-yard pass to whoever's next to him. By that time, whoever they're playing, they've had a chance to step back, and then you've, you've kind of nullified that threat, haven't you? There's no Salah can't get behind them, Mane can't get behind them. You've nullified that threat. No, it just doesn't work for me. It just doesn't work for me at all. I think the, the point that you made there is a good one, in that um, if you put the, that front three against any back four, sort of three on four, even at a numerical disadvantage, they're always going to do very well. Yeah. Because the movement's great, they're very direct. Um, let's be honest, you don't rate Thiago as a player and as a Liverpool signing. Uh, I, I don't rate him as a, a player in Liverpool's system. Do you rate him in uh, Manchester City seat? Uh, yeah, team? he can pass sideways all day. Right. Oh, no. What's all City do? That's right at the top of the league. Yeah, yeah. What, yeah. What, what do you think about the, the amount of idea balls that uh, Thiago plays? Too many idea balls. <laughs> I, I tell you. I tell you. He's loving this, isn't he? He's absolutely loving this. I'd say if you play one idea ball, you played one too many idea balls. <laughs> so I, I play saw... the fucking ball. <laughs> <laughs> So I saw this on Twitter, someone saying he's played so many idea balls, and I still don't understand it now. But one thing I will say again, and I, I, I think let, let me be honest, I am very much demonstrating the calm before the storm. I want a good three or four minutes where I can turn the screw on those copite pricks. Okay? Yep. Absolutely. Well, right now, I'm going to err on the side of you guys are being very harsh. So, Tiago. I saw him labelled as a violinist in a heavy metal band. It's a great analogy. I think I said that in private, didn't I? It's a fan- yeah, that sums him up perfectly. Yeah. Okay. Should, the, should the Ox not play over Thiago? I mean, I mean Thiago is ooh, roughly 14 times the player that Ox is. But, but surely you look at the way you play and say, right, well, the Ox will fucking give the ball to Salah earlier than fucking Thiago well, having the idea that he's going to pass. <laughs> <laughs> he um, thinks too much. <laughs> I mean, I, I'll take your point on that, that Ox is probably more dynamic in transition. So... Jurgen Klopp, the one thing that's been labelled at him is that he doesn't have a plan B, but I don't think that's a particularly uh, harsh thing to say, given the fact that Pep Guardiola doesn't have a plan B, Marco Silva doesn't have a plan B. Marco Silva, why have you brought him up? Yeah. How have you managed to <laughs> shoot him in to the best manager's ever conversation? Well, he doesn't have a plan B. OK, carry on. <laughs> uh, so, uh, is that fair? Is Or the fact that he's brought in Thiago, strangely, in order to adapt what you already had either he's uh, um, he's happy to suggest that he needs a plan B by bringing in a more progressive build up player or he has no plan B because he's trying to shoehorn someone who doesn't play that way into that way is it A, B or is it something that I haven't thought of? Uh, I would argue that it's B to be honest I think he his style has always been the gig and press 
I'm going to push these players to the byline. Absolutely, we're going for it, and we're going to hen them in. That that that's his that's his strategy. He did it at Dortmund. He's done it really well at Liverpool, and of course, it has proved. It, it, you know, it's got him trophies. It's got him accolades. It's got him where he needs to be as an all-time great manager. Bringing Thiago in, I believe, is a, a you know, is a is a player that's available on a. I think he got him on a free didn't he, at the end of last season. No, but he was only like twenty million. Yeah, yeah. twenty-five million. Really. Yeah. Fucking hell, I thought it was a lot less than that. Right, I yeah. think it was a what pl- you're thinking of, Hammers, who was a free. I'm not thinking of him. Not thinking yeah, I'm no not thinking, thinking of Hammers. Um, but how many idea I thought, how many idea balls has Hammers played? Uh, infinity. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> but I think he's, he's seen him as a signing that he can bring in on and, and, and listen, let's be honest about Thiago. His reputation and what he's achieved in the game and his ability you would say that 25 million is a snip. We all said that in the off-season. The pundits were saying it. It's a bargain. He just doesn't seem to fit that Liverpool system. And that is purely because I believe he doesn't have a plan B. And that's not a problem when plan A is working all the time. Plan A is winning your trophies and getting you to the top of leagues and Champions Leagues, etc., etc. It's not a problem. But when this happens, when you've got a couple of injuries, when you're having to reshuffle the formation of the team a little bit, it doesn't seem to be going and clicking exactly as it should. Now, I know that it's a, it's a rare season. It's exactly something completely... We, we said last season was an anomaly in terms of Liverpool romping to the league and leaving everybody behind. This season is an anomaly for the exact... For very different reasons, should I say, in that, you know, that top four is still very much to shape. Nobody knows what's going on in it. But Liverpool, I believe, genuinely, should be doing a little bit better than they are. So... When you say there that he is a quality player, Thiago, um, my question to you, with the benefit of hindsight, should that £25 million been uh, spent, rather than on Thiago, who's a very different kind of footballer, should it have been £25 million spent on someone who can, when Wijnaldum or Fabinho or Henderson are injured, can inject the same traits... As, can I, as can I the, jump in on that? Uh, you can in a minute, and you'll fucking respect the host, so shut up. Uh, very fair. Yeah, very fair. Very fair. Wait for him to speak. Straight, you go first, then we'll jump in there, straight. I hear what you're saying. Should that £25 million have been spent on someone like a Douglas Louise? I know what you're saying. No, yeah, I, did, I didn't. Yeah, say probably, that. you're right. Probably. <laughs> However, listen, they've picked, that. they've picked up Thiago, and they've got to deal with it, haven't they? Listen. There's no denying Thiago's credentials as a footballer in terms of his ability. And even, I, I know we've spoke in terms of the lads' WhatsApp group when Liverpool have been playing about how wonderful of a footballer he is. He is he's fantastic to watch. He sprays passes about, his range of passing is he's, he's wonderful. Does he fit that high press? Does he fit that constant pressure and energy? I'm not sure he does. And, and, and as you say, maybe Cop could have looked at something that fits his system more. And that's what Cop's been brilliant at. He's brought players in who fit that system, hasn't he? He's brought players in who you think, fucking hell, why's he buying him? You know, Oxley Chamberlain, 35 million quid, you think, wow. But he comes in, first season, does a bit of a job. Energy, midfield, pressing all the time. He's done a bit of a job. And then you think, wow, well, maybe he's got this idea of players that fit the system rather than great players and I'll adapt them to the system, if that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense. G, over to you. Uh, no, the 20 million should have been spent, 25 million should have been spent on Suchek. <laughs> So you've moved from Declan Rice to Suchet now. No, he'd, he'd have fit the Liverpool model. 
Please explain, you know. I mean, I, th- I personally think you're talking out of your backside, but I'd love, love to hear you uh, quantify it Please. and qualify it further. It just makes perfect sense, doesn't it? He's, he's ideal in that midfield. Say when Alden gets injured, he is when Alden. What? He's the same player. No, he's not. So, Su- he is, though. So, he so is. Suchek I'm is, not having that. He's Suchek not. is tall, he's athletic, he's robust, he's more. What I would call He'll put the uh, ball forward quickly. No, but I don't think he does. I, I, I don't think he does. I think, I think you have oh, someone yeah. in your mind that you want to bring up, which is Suchek, and now you're going to shoehorn him <laughs> in to certain things. No, 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 you're in So, you're so Suchek is absolutely not someone who can replace Wijnaldum. No. Suchek is someone that is far more defensive when you need him, and he's brilliant at set pieces. He is absolutely not someone who will lock in an attack. No, disagree, disagree. So, uh, what, is it, but what has he done for West Ham that would suggest he's someone that can lock in attacks? He's locked in attacks. <laughs> You've made that up, though. That's right, not true. Right. Oh, you just said what he said. Oh, back oh, to oh, he, he, I told you <laughs> that you're on your last fucking warning with this I, I, podcast. I ignored that, though. <laughs> I told you. Listen, we will replace you. Uh, Who you replace me with? <laughs> Who would you replace me with? Well, first of all, by the by, your answers so far, your lovely partner Tash genuinely knows more about football, and I, that's not a disrespect to her. Because if I asked her who Suchek was, she would say, "Who the fuck's that?" <laughs> And that... And that's what all the people who are listening are thinking. Yeah, yeah. In so, terms of a replacement so, for no, the, the people who are listening are thinking, who is this dickhead? Chris, Chris Forbes. Right. The, yeah. So the point... Who are we listening for? Who are the 33 people? <laughs> so, the point, so the point I is... I imagine it's me. So the point is, we enjoy the Carl Pilkington stuff, but you've got to bring... <laughs> you've got to bring something to the table. You saying that Liverpool should have gone out and bought Suchek over Thiago... Yeah, Alicantra is madness. It's not though. He moves the ball. He moves the ball quickly. So, Strangey, back over to you. Thank you, mate. And I think that's wise at this point. Yeah, (laughs) brilliant. So, my question to you is this: Is Klopp in trouble? Yes or no? Um, Yes. Um, you think he's yeah. in trouble? Yeah, he is. He is. You think he's in trouble? And listen, let me tell you, I don't think he's in trouble from, in terms of the board, I've got to think, right, we need to move on from him, we need to do this. Klopp strikes me as the type of manager who, if he cannot get the same results out of the same group of players time and time again, he's going to walk. Borussia Dortmund. Yeah, so I think, to, to myself, I think, if he doesn't... They Did he walk from Borussia Dortmund? Listen, yeah. they land in the Did he ever walk from anyone? I can't, genuinely can't remember if he did, but it, it, if I, my memory serves me right, it was the right decision bit at t- the time. It's a tumultuality at the time, yeah, yeah, yeah. is that even a word, but you know what I mean. I think, for me, Klopp thinks, right, they're going to go into the Champions League top four this year and he's going to stick through He's going to stick through next season if that's the case. If somehow they miss the top four, he will. He, either the board or he will walk. They'll, they'll have that enough. The money isn't there at Liverpool. Like, they, they clearly have an issue with generating funds for these top balls players because it's been well documented in the press that they can't invest 100, 150, 200 million like City can year on year on year. And as, as much as I absolutely adore Roy Keane, I think some of his punditry at the weekend was way off, but one of the things he hit the nail on the head, or it might be Sooners actually, they were discussing that when you win the title, 
you don't rest on your laurels and say, right, we've won it, we're probably going to win it again next year, because all the teams around you are in that attack mode, they're chasing. Klopp has not invested and, and bought the kind of players that will take you up another six, nine points in the league, up another level. OK, so let me jump in at that point. Uh, gee, uh, uh, is it down to Klopp? Has Klopp wrongly, naively said, do you know what, we are going to... We are going to get to the point where we've done really, really well and we don't need to invest? Or, speculation, do you believe that the board have said during the global pandemic, as has been the same with Man United or Chelsea in January, lots of people, uh, lots of clubs rather, do you think that he's not been given the opportunity to bring? So, that was a very sort of uh, wangy question. Question is... Do you think Klopp, at the beginning of the season, was happy with his squad? Yes or no? Uh, no. Okay, explain. And if you dare say, because it, it wasn't, because it wasn't, I don't or I don't know, mate. The, the, the podcast has had a great run, but that's the end of it. Yeah. Uh, I I don't I just think you've I don't see what's wrong. Like he's. No, no. You've you've, you've said, said you've said he wouldn't be happy. No, he wouldn't be happy with his team, but. Most, I, I imagine most managers won't be happy with the same. So where would he have wanted to strengthen that you think that uh, he hasn't been able to? I imagine he'd have wanted to strengthen the centre-back as a backup in a way, thinking not Van Dijk will get injured. Uh, centre-forward, because Firmino's shit, isn't he, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? I mean, yeah, I agree, but... Yeah, I, um, <laughs> but I, I think it's a case of you look at Man City, if Man City don't win the league, they can, they'll spend 60, 70 million. I don't think he can do that. So it's not a case of whether he's, at, whether he's happy with what he's got. You know what I mean? It's a case I, guess the, I guess the question, sorry to interrupt, is more, do you think that he's taking the eye off the ball with the fringe players? I guess that's what I was getting at. So Shakiri, uh, Oxlade-Chamberlain, Origi, do you think that Klopp is one of the elite managers such as... Ferguson or Pep Guardiola where if you think about I know you don't like Pep Guardiola you're rolling your eyes but this is the man that let uh, Samuel Eto'o go he let Thierry Henry go at Barcelona he knows when someone is done has Klopp still got that to learn? Uh, no Klopp's Klopp's overachieved that's his downfall so he's not capable of achieving the things that he can achieve no, and he's riding the wave. No, 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 no. Klopp's overachieved. Klopp's done more with what he was given than most people would expect. So Klopp's won the league. Klopp's won the Champions League. But he invest heavily, though, G. Yeah, but not ridiculous. World record well. for a centre no, half and a he, goalkeeper. He invested very well. He did, but he also paid world record fees for a centre half and a goalkeeper. So yeah. you would expect good players for that, wouldn't you? Yeah, you will, but, but clubs do that and buy so, shit. So, so we're, we're, go, we're sort of um, evading the point here. I know you're not doing it on purpose, but the, the question that I have for you again is when it gets down to the, um, the greatest managers, they recycle players such as, I'm thinking Man United now with Nicky Button, Phil Neville. Great, great members of staff for Sir Alex Ferguson. John O'Shea knew when it was time to let them go. Do you think Jurgen Klopp has that in his locker or is it something that, and it's absolutely fine if this is the case, it's something that he's yet to learn? Uh, I've no idea. What I will say is, when you say Ferguson, when you say, like, they'll have two years where they don't win anything. 
mm-hmm. with an uh, average team. Like we can't, like we have to say with Klopp now. Fair enough, he's won Champions League, he's won Premier League. But Ferguson maybe didn't it'll have, be two years where he don't win anything. But Ferguson it? didn't have three years without winning anything in the first instance. So you might did say, did he not? How long did second to win FA Cup player? He was his second year. He won the. Oh, it might have even been the first year he won the FA Cup, which no, it was definitely were the first year because it was a, his job run line, wasn't it? Yeah, because I think they narrowly avoided. They kind of stayed up. Mid season and got to the semi finals of the cup. So, strangely, over to you. Uh, the, the same question. <laughs> I think, I think personally, that uh, not, not potentially not that he doesn't have a problem in letting players go. I don't think there's many players in the team who you would say they need to be moved on now. Into like Milner, maybe. Oxley, Chamberlain, Shakiri, Origi. Well, that's the problem. It's not age, it's talent, it's ability. And I think he's a lot less cutthroat than some managers, some. some Top. Well, let me sh- listen. I put him in the bracket of top class managers. But let me spin on. that to you because I think you made a good point. Would Sir Alex Ferguson, in the years gone by, you think of the top four strikers that he had: Sheringham, Solskjaer, York, and Cole. Then one by one, replaced by Van Nistelrooy, mm-hmm. Rooney, um, Saha. Would he have indulged Origi? No. And that's the problem. I, I was going to say, when you mentioned earlier about the plan A, I meant to get to this, but I, I completely went off piece, is that um, his B team, his, his second calibre of squad, is nowhere near good enough to what you would expect for a team challenging on all Okay, OK, so let me pause you there. So, both of you, we'll come to G first. The money that he, he spent, so £35 million on Oxlade-Chamberlain, £10 million on Shakiri, I think it was, um, uh, Matip, I can't remember, but to be fair to him, he's been injured quite a lot. The the new left back they've got, Simicast, yeah, yeah, something like that. Twelve and a half million. Should the backup G for Liverpool be better than it is, or is Klopp very good at selling to the most expensive players in the world that Liverpool is the place to come? He gets them. But is he good enough at selling to the fringe players or the players that are good enough to make sure that the top players are on their toes, that they can come in and be part of the first team if there's a drop in standards? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah? Is that because, me? no, but my, my argument is he's, he's been there, what, four years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he, I don't know how you could argue with... So my point is, well, in four years, is his B team good enough? Are the reserves good enough to be nipping at the heels of the first eleven, thinking we can fucking get in here if they drop off? So bit? last year he kept pretty much all season uh, with, with little bits of injuries. He kept his first eleven, and he did wonderfully. So just to confirm in that, that's the most expensive goalkeeper in the world. That's the most expensive centre back in the world. He has coached. The front three to be arguably the best front three in the world. He's done a wonderful job. There is no doubt. But take away the front 11, or the first 11 rather, has he done enough work on what comes next to for this season, him not being lucky enough with injuries, to be able to cope with it? Maybe not, but does if, if you look at City, do they not spend... 50 million quid on... Well, City currently are without... Kevin De Bruyne, who's the best player in the league, and Sergio Aguero... Turpin the big guess. We're getting into that. And Sergio Aguero, who is, certainly in the last 10 years, one of the best strikers in the league. They played against Liverpool 1-4-1. 
couple but, of mistakes by Ellison. Do, do, do their second team not have 30 million? Yeah. Who's no, no, they do, but are they, are they better than what Klopp has assembled for the same sort of money? Not for the same sort of money. So Gundogan is not better than Oxley Chamberlain? Because they cost roughly the same amount of money, 30 million quid. But he's got, uh, that's, that's, not a that's first team one player, for man. one. That's one for okay. one. So Mares is not better than Diego Jota. Diogo Jota. Who Mares? Yeah. No, similar players. Okay. Uh, Jota's injured, obviously. How many, is, t- how many times has Jota won the PFA Players of the Year? Or it might be f- football, football right? Who's better, Gabriel Jesus or Divock Origi? Both arrived. I think when Origi yeah, came, yeah. he came for fifteen million. But might that, have been before. Clock, don't get me wrong, but Jesus costs similar money. That's a few years early, though, ain't it? That's, that's yeah, but, but the, the only way that argument works is if it's pre-big TV deals. That's the only time that argument counts. Because otherwise, we're talking about inflation. We're talking about does it rise year on, year out. I think the point that we're is making... Is region not a Liverpool... Yeah, come, we're, we're I think he might have been there slightly before Klopp. Don't get me wrong. I said that. In I don't the think he's, he's not pre-TV deal. I don't think. No, he's been there four or five years. I think. But so the the point is, we can't reach a consensus on: is Klopp good enough to look after his second eleven? Has he spent enough money, or has he spent money that he's had appropriately to get the best people? For example, is the left back at City? Zinchenko, is he more serviceable than Simakas at Liverpool? No, but City have spent, what, 200 million on full-backs? Yeah, but, they, yeah, but we're talking about specific like-for-like, so, so City's full-backs are generally, I think if everyone's fit, they're probably Walker and Mendy, who cost 100 million quid, OK? I would say that's unfair right now as well, because I think Cancelo well, was Cancelo the best right-back in the league at all. Skin. And Robertson and Trent, what they cost? Yeah, so Trent came in the academy and Robertson cost six million. But when they're injured, who comes in? Who plays right back for Liverpool when Trent's injured? Someone who's not up to. Now the, que- the the question here is whether, and I think G, you would probably make this point yourself, is do Manchester City have the resources that allow them to buy better backups? Yeah. I guess the point that I would come back to you on that when you spend £35 million on an Arsenal player who's only got six months left on their contract, are you potentially spending money on something or someone, yes, ACL injury um, apart, that even at that point when they had Wijnaldum, Fabinho and Henderson, he's still within the mix of four players for three positions. Whereas, is Klopp the coach at some point not going to be given the let's say, the responsibility of buying and developing players like Zinchenko, like uh, at City, someone like Eric Garcia, it, is the responsibility going to be given to him to buy better and coach better rather than, let's be honest, he inherited Trent Alexander-Arnold. He inherited, that, what's that? Obviously, he looks like an utter knob. But I bet he's a nice lad and he's Robertson. a top player. No, that's centre midfielder. He scored against Everton. I think that's why I despise him. Curtis Jones. Curtis Jones. Yeah. You know, at what point is Klopp going to bring in someone, G, who is a rough diamond, bring them in, spend some money on them and develop them? Harvey Elliott, I imagine. Okay. 
<laughs> that's not accurate, and we'll just end the segment there. On that note, that's the end of the first segment of Tales of Togger. This week's episode of Tales of Togger is sponsored by Tim's Flowers. <laughs> Former Blackburn goalkeeper Tim Flowers has a floristry servicing weddings, funerals, all your special occasions with his absolute exquisite roses, daisies, lilies, anything you can imagine. Straight off the absolute top bracket of floristry, Tim's Flowers sponsors this week's show. Tim's Flowers encourages you to use the promo code TOGGER to get 25% off for this week's Valentine's Day offer. Welcome back, Tales of Togger. Uh, Tim's Flowers, thank you very much for the opportunity um, to be involved in such a, a, an esteemed partner. Strangely, um, did you speak to Tim himself? When I you... did, actually. I spoke to Tim himself. He was very forthcoming with his, uh, his offer to sponsor the show. Um, I cannot believe how... Effective and simple that that, that <laughs> shop name is Tim's Flowers. That's perfect, isn't it? Imagine being born with the surname Flowers. That is just perfect. So he's doing a great job. He's Tim. Really, really nice to talk to him this week. Uh, thank you for sponsoring the show and use that promo code Toggle for twenty five percent off for your loved ones on Valentine's Day this weekend. So uh, we're now going to uh, have a quick discussion because we uh, talked a lot there about Klopp and his demise and the fact that he, he is an idiot. Uh, sorry, so. <laughs> I was really good as well through the you whole thing. You were so objective. Yeah. But let's be honest, you just wanted to pile on. Yeah, people. yeah. I'd love to be able to just concentrate on the fact that he spent absolute tosh money on tosh players and he'll be sat within uh, eight months to re- be replaced <laughs> by Gus Hiddink on a six-month caretaker basis. <laughs> uh, but let's not talk about that now. Let's talk about the, the periphery to the top four. So we are, because I've had to stomach those uh, copite tears um, or conjecture during the course of the last section, we're going to start with Everton. Of course. So we're going to start with the fact that I'm telling you right now that James is number one footballer to ever play it in the Premier League. Now, discuss. I, I think if Everton don't get top four, Carlos should be sacked. Okay, strangely. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Strangely, where, where do we sit on Everton at the moment? So they've got two games in hand over Liverpool and Leicester. They are, I think, uh, three points behind Liverpool in fourth. Uh, six points behind Leicester in third, um, and they do seem to have a steeliness about them. So, as much as it pains me to say it, I just purely because you're one of my closest friends, and obviously we would hope that our fo- respective football teams would be failing so we can mock each other on this uh, forum, but Everton look really good this year. They have absolutely sorted out that, that defence that has been... Let's be honest, it's been a bit tragic, hasn't it, over the years. They, have, they do have a certain steeliness to them. They're very solid. Um, I like the look of Everton. They've got some real good attacking threats. James, Sorry, Calvert-Lewin. Sorry. No, 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 no. Let's just take it one by one. So, James himself. Talk to me about James. Is he the greatest footballer to ever played in the Premier League? He's a decent player. I like He's him. He's decent. He looks good. In, He's decent. He looks good in some games. How many, how many idea balls has he played? Infinity. Uh, <laughs> which, which I think he's just peddling a joke repetitively yes, but, but he's, I enjoy he's very it. good at idea balls he's also decent at assists decent at goals he's clearly a cut above and, and this is no disrespect to Everton no say it, say it he's a cut above the players at Everton that have been there for the last three or four years he's a, he's a match winner he's got that moment of brilliance in him I like him I do like him 
I do think, and I said this to you at the weekend, so this isn't just conjecture for the podcast, that there are games where I would like to see someone else in his spot because he goes missing a little bit, he doesn't track back enough, he's a liability on the defensive side of the ball. However, Everton are in a position where they have as good as first eleven as a lot of teams in the league. So As good as anyone. Yeah, well, let's calm down. <laughs> they have as good a first eleven as a lot of teams in the league, about 16 teams in the league. So why would you not play this most creative and most, you know, goal assisting force in those games? Every credit to Everton, they look like a good little outfit this year. And I don't like saying it because I don't like you, but I have to. I'm no, integral. fair point. G, and I want you to be very, very sensible at this point. Go on. Okay, Carlo Ancelotti, whether it's this season, next season, would you say that he's put all the critics to rest and Everton are in safe hands with the Don, Carlo Ancelotti? Uh, yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah. I'll, give you, I'll give you that. I'll Fucking give you that. George, you would have thought, eh? Yeah, Bloody so, hell. So, discuss. Um, yeah, I, like I say, if they don't get top four this season, criminal. Yeah, yeah, no, no I get that. So, <laughs> anyway. Please calm down. <laughs> so, what is Carlo... the money they have spent. What has Carlo Ancelotti brought to Everton, Jay? Um, he's brought a name, he's brought, he's got a lot of money to buy, the likes of Alan Decore. He has apparently, he's spending it out of his own pocket, <laughs> yeah. He just gets his wallet out and goes, what do you want for Alan? Who are you most impressed with, G? Is it Decore, Alan or Hammers? Uh, none of the above for me. Who do you think who's impressing you the most? Ben Godfrey for me, Ben Godfrey is... Is your player of the season? Yeah, me without a doubt. He looks a lovely player. He looks, yeah, he looks very lovely. No, and, and you say he looks, and I don't mean to take you as explicitly as your words suggest, but when he runs, he looks lovely. No, he's a galloper. Never, isn't he? he's I've an never noticed him looking lovely running. Well, honestly, <laughs> I, I, I noticed it. I noticed player. it a yeah, few weeks ago, and they did a, a segment on him last night on Monday Night Football. And honestly, the way he runs. He, he, he more sort of skates a very real Ferdinand yeah, and you know what I really like and I, I, I must just interject about the players you mentioned about who your best signing is and all that kind of I love and I said it in the off season I wish Villa would have picked him up if they had the chance to Decore is just lovely lovely box to box gets involved just fucking does all the dirty work but can also pick a little pass braced into the area he looks a nice player in. so remember last season that defensively Everton were playing 4-4-2 and they had Guilfrey Sigurdsson and Tom he's Davis as centre midfield. Now they're all coming into their own because they're built on a system. Tom Davis is a tragedy, though, isn't he? He, yeah, played he, well, he, he, he was, was really good against Gale, United. Probably. Really good. Right. But I take your point that generally speaking, the, Everton have been so directionless that it's no surprise that individual players do so poorly. So, for example, Gilfie Sigerson playing in a two in midfield is going to struggle yeah. unless you coach him very specifically on when he presses and when he doesn't yeah. because he's as immobile as I am. He's not Bradley Dack, is he? Uh, he's not Bradley Dack. He just needs a free roll attacking midfielder, doesn't he? Absolutely. Hit, that's no, absolutely. So, in, in relation to uh, <laughs> Everton more generally, I'm going to throw this out there. First of all, James Rodriguez is the best footballer I've seen at Everton in my life and I was born in 1980. He's, he's better than Rooney was when Rooney was at Everton. That is ridiculous. Wow. Wow. What a dickhead, honestly. What a shout that first is. First time or second time? That's lunacy. Wait, does, no, first time. Well, second time. So no, but definitely second time. I mean, he was—he did quite well. He got it's eleven goals. No, he's not. He's Think not. about it. Everton had uh, uh, Wayne Rooney. 
<laughs> Everton had Wayne Rooney during the period he was 16, 17 years of age yeah. and he goes to United and asked, what the Rooney you're thinking of was at United, not the one that was at Everton. Everton was brilliant. He, no, he was brilliant, but he's not as technically outstanding as James Rodriguez. Secondly, the one thing that I'm absolutely enjoying at the moment is my Andre has found some form. Rodriguez better than um, Arteta. Yeah, Prime Easy. Easy, better. Honestly, and I'm going to say something now, and I know it's going to go down like a... I hope we don't skirt over Andre, it's but It's going to go fine. down like a fighting chair. It's, it's, about, it's about Andre. No, it's about Andre. I think he's lost it. He's I think he needs Have to you seen him in the last three games? Yeah, a couple of assists. I saw your Everton Words document. That's fine. Uh, on Twitter. Guys, two guys Twitter handle at Everton Words. Um, two assists in three all, games. All, it's all of the hot analysis. We just shut up on Sorry, go on. All, all of the hot analysis and, and punditry on Everton at Everton Words. Um, there's, on Twitter. Uh, yeah, we're also sponsored by Just Eat. We're not. We're not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, if I, and this is what I like about Carlo. He's a manager. He's seen and done it all. Sell Andre in the summer for me. Get rid of him. He doesn't like tackling. I, I honestly can't think. Go into I, a I, I honestly think a lot of Everton fans would agree with you. But um, he got a uh, evaluation from uh, Carlo after the Leeds game, who said uh, verbatim as much as I can: um, the best player on the pitch, technically, tactically. Um, was Andre Gomez. This is the Andre Gomez that we need. So if he recovers that form, uh, Everton, and I'm, I'll throw this out there, Everton cannot obtain a better centre midfielder than Andre Gomez. However, if he's the Andre Gomez of before three games ago, um, Everton could probably spend £2 million bringing Bradley Dack and would have a better centre midfielder than Andre Gomez. £30 <laughs> So let's move on to West Ham. West Ham have seen themselves catapulted. <laughs> catapulted up the league. So David Moyes is, let's be honest, astute incomings. Uh, one of them being Suchek, which you've mentioned before. Uh, but also Jesse Lingard started life with a bang. Gee, where do you see realistically West Ham finishing this season? Um, eighth. Eighth. Yeah. Do you, do you want to... Who will they finish notably above? Um, and this is a great opportunity to have a pop at your brother. Arsenal, obviously, yeah. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> fair, very fair. Um, Leeds... Would you yeah, suggest that, that Arsenal are even in the running anymore for top four? No, I'm not. No, no. Uh, top ten, yes. Top, <laughs> top, top ten, yes. So who do you think, Stranger, is um, at the moment West Ham's best player? Uh, West Ham are looking like a good little outfit um, I'm really impressed with what they brought to Villa in the week Obviously I don't watch them every game Because why would I? You know, I don't have an investment in them But they genuinely do look like a solid team They, they outplayed us for 90 minutes when we played them And I thought this will be a game where we find out if West Ham are a bit Are they there or not? And they genuinely looked far better than us So fair play to them I like Moyes I think he should have been given a bit more time at the United That's by the bye Suchek is fantastic. Kufal, the fullback who they brought in with him, is brilliant for five million quid. Um, he's the best player, man. Who, who the, who's the best player? Yeah. West Ham's best player. Um, I mean, there's only one answer. There and, is and, one and, answer. and he's leading you to it, but yeah, there's yeah, only yeah. one so answer. Right, so West Ham's best player is Declan Rice. Hey. Um, 
He he looks he looks all right. He looks all right. He's in a United tonight. He's in a team. He's in a team where they absolutely play to his strengths. So with Suchet next to him, who does the dogged work and gets up and down, Declan Rice has afforded time to pick passes and move about a little bit. The I was really impressed. I, I when I watched Lingard against us, he was fantastic, and I knew he would be because I've slagged him off no end. I thought he was shit, and he moved to West Ham. He's been fantastic against us. It's a really good sign in that because they lack a bit of attacking potency at times, and him in that final third having a bit of a free roll is a really good move for him. And I think you'll see him come to the forefront a little bit more because that is his level. I think a top six to ten side in the Premier League, he'll be great. Then God, he'll do a fine job there for him. Okay, Jay, over to you with regards to Aston Villa. Um, where if there's any reason that Aston Villa aren't going to finish in the top four. And there may be a number, but if there's any one reason that springs to mind, what is that reason? I have no reasons. I think they will finish top four. You think Villa will finish in top four? Yeah. Honestly, G, me and you are going to snog after this podcast. Why <laughs> is that, mate? Tell us. Um, four from City, Liverpool, United. Four best team in the league. <laughs> so kiss me. Kiss me hard. Um, Leicester? Yeah, Leicester a close one. Leicester and Villa, between Leicester and But Villa. you did say before it was a tragedy if Carlo Ancelotti didn't lead did Everton into the top four. I don't four. think you will, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it will be a tragedy, but I don't so think, think it will. So you think it will be a deserving tragedy, yeah. yeah. It will we, be a tragedy, but I don't think it will. We will do a full segment on Aston Villa another time. Um, so any I'm a big other, fan of yeah, oh, Can I not have a say for a moment? Uh, yeah, go on. No, we've just got a really solid team, haven't we? And that's the thing about us. We've got a nice, solid team. And that's rare. Keepers... Our keeper is the best keeper in the league. There's no two ways about that. Defence, solid. He's not the best keeper in the league, though, is he? Who's better? Edison. No, he's not. No chance. What do you mean? Well, he doesn't have any saves to make any game, so he just stands there kicking the ball around. That's absolutely fine. Martinez is better than Edison. Martinez is better than Edison, 100%. You don't honestly believe that, do you? Without a shadow of a doubt. We'd argue for an hour on the podcast about this. Amy Martinez isn't better than Nick Pope. No, he's better. He's, 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 he's the best keeper in the league. To be fair, so, Nick Pope's kicking is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> terrible, terrible. Nick Pope's kicking, poor. Shot stopping. You don't think he, he's really better than Alex McCarthy at Southampton? Are you all right? Are you all right in the edge? Right. It's been Mar- a long time, lads. Get on to my segment. Martinez is fantastic. Defence, solid. So, Field, solid. Forwards, solid. The last we'll be all right. The, seventh. The last yeah. question I have for you all is, who's most likely out of all those teams, Villa... Um, we didn't even touch upon Chelsea but we've done that in the past with the Frank Lampard section Villa Everton and so did we discuss then West Ham West Ham who's more likely to finish in the top four of those those three Uh, for me Villa of those three I'm gonna say Everton but I don't think any of those three will. No, I know I would agree with that. None of those three will, but I mean it's a tragedy if you don't say Everton G and that and that is you all over. You are a tragedy. Tales of Togga Welcome back. The last section of today's Tales of Togga. It's been a whirlwind. We are here in our brand new once in a lifetime studio that we paid an abundance of money more than 
and G has yet to settle his tab. He's gone on my credit card and I'm not getting air miles. We are... It's out of order. Yeah, it is. So now we are over to G and we want to know from you what your section is this week in the final part of tonight's show. G, you're up. Right, so, last one. What do you mean last one? No, mean last one. We're back next week. Let's fucking shut up. <laughs> Go. Right, players who played the Premiership for Villa and Everton. Oh, what, nice. is it? This is a quiz. Yeah, this is a quiz, I think. It's a quiz, it's a quiz sorry. Yes, oh, this is a quiz. Lovely. Right, so How many have we got? You get two wrong answers. I'm going to get... There's 14, sorry. 14, 14 altogether. 14 altogether. Okay. 14 what? Players. players who played for Villa and Everton. Oh, and Everton. Yeah. I thought he had a list of 200 players from his club. <laughs> and this will be the longest so ever second. Let's just bounce players off Lee for, for three hours. <laughs> yeah. All right, you know this. Okay. Uh, right, I'm going to go Strangey first because... That's a joke. Honestly, it's oh, always in first. Thanks, mate. I'm going to go Strangey first because Strangey's an old loser. Thank you. That is true. I lost We've the had the Everton v Villa thing yeah, before. Yeah, honestly, and I don't have I don't have a lot of these. No, honestly, uh, I'm I so glad I get to go. I'd say there's five that I've never heard of. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let, let's go. Right. So we've gone strange. Gareth Barry. Correct. David Ginola. Correct. Oh, great shout. And now I'm struggling. <laughs> I've got to be honest. Um, okay. So Barry Ginola. Uh, <laughs> 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 it's a bad doing it. Um, fuck, I'm really struggling here. Um, Villa and Everton. Villa and Everton. Villa and Everton. Right, I'll be honest, I think I've got one more, but I'm struggling after that. I've got one of it, all things on this list. Okay, uh, Villa and Everton, I'm gonna. <laughs> How many wrong answers do we get? Uh, Two. Okay, Two. so I can just waste one here, can't yeah. I? Uh, I'll go with Steve Watson. Oh! <laughs> Correct! Yes! Oh. Get it, Stevie! Sorry. Oh, it's right, that's the ultimate. When I said <laughs> I have one more, Get Steve it. Watson was that. Okay. Steve Watson, okay. great shot. Great shot. Steve Watson. That, that's devastating. I'll, I'll be honest, I, I didn't think I, you had that in you. <laughs> Uh, right. Uh, oh, obvious one. Unless he's already said it and I've already forgotten. Gareth Barry. Yes, I have already he said, already it. said it. Thank you. Yeah, we'll, we'll tell us an incorrect. My goal? Yeah. Idrissa Gay. Correct. Boom! Oh. Get in! <laughs> You've, only got, You've only got one more wrong answer, Chris. Okay. Who's Chris? Chris Morgan? Yes. Okay. Welcome, <laughs> uh, There's one who's surely a massive player for both of you. A massive player for both of us. Hmm. How long have I got on this? Oh, I mean, we're in as, long as, the, as long as the audience can listen to something. Yeah, well, I don't want to take too long, mate. So, chuck, chuck someone out there. Yannick Balassi. No. No, Yaz. No, he played for Villa in the championship. Why, uh, what did you say? In the Premiership. In the Premier League. Right, hold on. Uh, He's fucking lost, get in! And I had another one, can I just say? Go Fabian Delph. Now, I mean, now. What do you mean, What now? do you mean, no? He plays for Everton now. He, he plays for Everton now and he played for Villa about five years ago. He 100% did. So I don't mind this quiz. 
So basically, I win. Thank you. Yeah, no, you win. So give it, give us just a quick run yeah, through some people. Uh, Earl Barrett. Yeah. Okay. Gareth Barry. Yeah. Tom Cleverley. Oh, Cliffs. Ah. Richard Dunn. Which is a massive one, surely, for both of you. Is that the one? That's not the one. No, that's not the one you referenced a massive one. He played a year at the end of the career uh, for both. No, sorry. Gareth Farrelly. Never heard of. Mm. Uh, David Ginola. Garnier Gay. Hitzelsberger. Ah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. And Tommy, also... Tommy Johnson. Mm. Ah. Tommy Johnson. No, Never heard of him. This is one I thought would be a big one. Julian Lescott. Oh, of course. Fucking hell. Uh, Gavin McCann. Great player. You Great champ, Gavin McCann. What is it? Family Adam, to the Adams family. He wrestles and he passes. He tackles and harasses. He gets up people's asses. He's better than Zidane. Gavin McCann. <laughs> <laughs> Great champ. And that is Tales of Togger. <laughs> See you next week.